It's a joy to be with you again on another podcast of Press On, and I want to ask you to join me in another Old Testament book. Last uh, two podcasts, we were in Second Chronicles. We're going to back up a little bit further and come all the way back to the book of Exodus and then ask you to join me in chapter 31. I've entitled this podcast, What in the World Are You Doing? And uh, I pray that uh, what we will be reading will be an encouragement to us, but also will be instructive to us. This is, uh, again, maybe a little unlikely place for us to land, but join me in Exodus 31, and I, I want to um, read down to perhaps verse through birth, uh, verse 6. So, then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. And I indeed have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, and I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans, that they may make all that I have commanded you. Now, let's wrap some context around this. Uh, of course, we know that the book of Exodus is written uh, regarding the people of uh, God, the, the, the birthing of the Jewish nation. We know that uh, they had been in uh, Egypt for 430 years, and Egypt uh, had acted kind of like the <clears throat> a mother's womb, so to speak. They were there, and there were only 70 of them or 75 of them, and they multiplied rapidly to where, uh, as God comes with Moses to deliver them out, uh, there's somewhere two to three million of them leaving. And while they were in Egypt in bondage, in hard uh, times, they were slaves and they were set to uh, do manual labor. And when God calls them and they come out and they're it, they come to Mount Sinai, and it's there that uh, the people are instructed to stay off the mountain, and God comes uh, and dwells on the top of the mountain, and they see the the darkness and the clouds and the thunders and the lightnings, and the people are afraid. Uh, God calls Moses up, and we know the story. The Ten Commandments are written by the finger of God in tablets of stone. Uh, God uh, instructs Moses to come down and to uh, give uh, instructions to the children of Israel. But God also, uh, as recorded in the book of Exodus, gives Moses really an incredible list of uh, things that need to be made, uh, the the uh, tent of meeting, the tabernacle, if you will, uh, itself, all the furnishings in it, uh, the reasons for them, the and such detail. I mean, if you've ever wondered if God is a God of order, He is. You read through uh, the first 30 chapters of Exodus, you'll see God is very specific. He's very orderly. Uh, he's very uh, analytical. He does things in steps. He gives uh, minute instructions to Moses, 
But interestingly, we find that what he called Moses to do uh, literally went beyond Moses' skills and ability. Uh, And as such, God uh, gathered people around uh, Moses, whether it's his brother Aaron who came in and was something of a spokesman, or whether in this case God's uh, uh, purpose was to use other people in the land uh, to do specific things in order that Moses could, through delegated authority and through the, the delegation of responsibilities, see something done for God and done in obedience to God. And it, it was a lot of patterns and symbolism, but there was a lot of practicality to things as well. If you were to look in uh, Exodus 28, you'll find that the garments for the priesthood, the, the, the line of Aaron that were going to be the priest of God that would stand between the people and God and go into the uh, the holy and into the holiest of holies, they had to have very specific clothing. And we don't have time to go into all the details of the clothing and the meaning and things, but it's it's a wonderful study, as, as are all of the elements or the equipment or the uh, items that God instructed Moses to build to put in, in this thing. Uh, but we'll find in uh, Exodus 28, uh, he says to Moses, you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as a priest. And this is what brings us to chapter 31. I've entitled this, like I said, What in the World Are You Doing? Because I want you to see some things that I think that I see that uh, can be instructive but also be encouraging to us. The Lord said to Moses, look, I have called by name Bezalel. Now, these points that I'm going to make, and there's only three, I want you to to think in terms of God speaking these things to you, and uh, speaking these things about you, that God called this man, Bezalel, by name, not a, just a general calling. Not just to say, hey, anybody that likes to do this, anybody that doesn't have anything better to do. No, he called by name. The specificity of the calling is what I want to impress upon you. And he did it by his name. Now, that led me to think, well, what does the name Bezalel mean? And it literally means in the shadow of God. Some commentaries say perhaps it reflects that in the shadow of God, was in the protective covering of God. Either way, God called this man who was in the shadow of God. He was not out front. It wasn't Moses, Aaron, and Bezalel. Uh, It was Moses and Aaron. But back in the shadows, God does not forget us if we're people that are in the shadows. He doesn't forget us if we uh, seemingly are in a place, a time, uh, a personality, perhaps, that we think would be insignificant, would be less demonstrative, uh, less skilled, less abled. Now, when we look at uh, Bezalel, I began to wonder, as maybe you can do now with me, did Bezalel have natural skills, talents, and abilities for artistry and, and for this construction of uh, artistic things? Did he have that in him before God called him? My answer to you is I don't know. 
But when I think of it in the context of them being in slavery, uh, of them, they were a mass population under the rule of the Egyptians, forced to hard... I mean, I guess I think in my mind the picture of uh, uh, the movie uh, Ten Commandments, you know, where they're they're stomping the straw and making the bricks and pushing the stones and pulling ropes and uh, you know and and there were Egyptians that were skilled and talented. They were in places of authority and they were gifted artisans and and thus you get things like the pyramid and uh, the temple at Karnak and so forth and so on. But I tend to think that maybe he did not. Now four hundred years. Think how many generations that is of families that were born into slavery in Egypt, and they didn't have the freedom to express themselves. Uh, Now, could they have shown some signs or something and the Egyptian used them? Yes, I'm not making a huge point. But what I am saying is perhaps Bezalel did not have natural uh, talents and skills. Why? Because many of us, we might not have the kind of talent, skills, natural abilities that people would call us to do things, or God for that matter. Some people have a desire to sing, but with all due respect, they they really can't carry a tune in a bucket. You know what I mean? Uh, It's great to have the desire, but the natural skill and talent is just not there. It doesn't mean that they can't sing in a corporate setting or sing uh, on their own, and it's a praise and a worship to God, and he receives that. But in a public way, they're just not gifted. Some people, uh, I heard a story where a man just so longed to be a speaker. He wanted to be a teacher. Uh, and yet uh, he was not equipped to do that. And he tried and he failed miserably. And he was really downhearted until someone came along and instructed him uh, and gave him a context that spoke to him. And he realized, I'm trying to do something that I'm not gifted to. God called this guy by name, and I believe that this man was in the shadows I, because that's what his name meant, meant. I believe he was just among the crowd. I think he was just there, but I think in his heart, he had a, he had a desire to, to do more. He had a desire to serve God, and he, he was in a slavery position, but he wanted to be in a serving position. God called him by name. Now, I just invite you to come and do a simple study on some of the names of of his father, uh, uh, his father Uri. Uh, his name means my light or my fire. My fire. He was of the son of her. His grandfather was means liberty, whiteness, or brightness. My my point is that uh, there was something in this family that had something of positiveness in them that God recognized, and he called him by name. And I want to say to you today that the work of God, the kingdom of God, is in need of you. What in the world are you doing? (laughs) That's the title. Uh, And and there's two ways to look at that uh, question. Uh, But you're needed in the kingdom of God. We know that Paul writes to the church at Corinth, and he says that, you know, the church is likened to a physical body. And in this body, there's uh, many members, and our members have specific gifts, callings, and, uh, and, and abilities. There, there's responsibilities and purpose in each of our members, and it takes every member doing their part and 
uh, apart like an eye, can't say to the little toe, uh, you're insignificant. I don't need you. You're always hidden in the shoe. You're down there in the smelly parts. You're not needed. You're unimportant. No, every member is needed, and every member is placed in the body of Christ by God. Today, I believe God is calling some of you by name, saying, come out of the shadows. Come out of that mindset of insignificance. Come out of that position of fear and doubt. Come out of the position of feeling left out and undone. No, there's place for you in the body. I need you. You say, well, he's calling me, but uh, I can't be out front. I'm not that kind. Well, then we need people behind. When you think of the context of an army, you have those guys that are out front that are there. Man, they're facing the battle day in and day out. Then you've got the big generals and and uh, uh, sergeants and colonels that are giving direction and ordering things. But man, somebody's got to be back in the back cooking the food. Somebody has to be back behind the cooks and ordering the food. Somebody has to be back behind that and transporting the food. Uh, without the food, they can't survive and so forth and so on. You get my point. God is calling many of you today by name. I don't know your name today, my friend, but... God is, in essence, saying, Bob, Sue, Tom, Betty, I'm calling you. Come out, of the, come out of insignificance. Come out of the shadows. Step into the light. Come with me. And you say, well, even if I did, even if I did, I mean, what, what do I do? I mean, how can I do it? I, I don't know. Well, look, it says in verse 3, uh, verse 2 says, I called him by name. But verse 3 says, I have filled him with the Spirit of God. My friend, Bezalel was filled. Now, in this setting, in the Old Testament, God would send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would come upon a person, and that Holy Spirit uh, presence would move a person past his own skills and abilities, or lack thereof. The Spirit of God was bringing a supernatural empowerment, an endowment of power and ability into someone that uh, either didn't have much, if any, natural ability, or if they did have, they still needed the supernatural power of God on them to do what God was calling them to do. Bezalel received this infilling. He received he received the Spirit of God, and with it came divine wisdom and understanding, knowledge, in all manner of workmanship. In all manner of workmanship. All the things that he needed to know, the Spirit of God brought to him, and that's the same for you and me today. There's a time that I never would have dreamt that I would be sitting here for the last six months and doing podcasts with you, and I know that I'm not uh, reaching the world. I know that I'm not shaking the kingdom of uh, darkness and heaven by great numbers. Uh, that's not my place, but my place is to do what God called me by name to do. He's called me to be a minister, a messenger, a speaker of God's word and, and uh, uh, things regarding the kingdom of God. And I do it to the best of my ability. Uh, some do it better. Uh, perhaps there's some that do it worse. I don't know. I don't measure myself. I don't go around looking at podcasts to compare. But I tell you this, God is calling us all to do something in this world. And, and, and what we do has to be connected to kingdom purposes. 
if we're out doing our occupation, if we're engaged in our um, money-making endeavors, it may meet natural means. It may meet some level of responsibility we have. But God is saying, what in the world are you doing for the kingdom of God? Bezalel was doing something in his youth through his teens. I don't know how old the guy was here. But God called him by name to come out of the shadows, come into the light of service to the living God. And when he did, God says, I'm going to fill you with supernatural skills and abilities, power and enablement to do what I've called you to do. You'll not have to depend upon the flesh. You can step out with confidence. And God says, I'm going to give you everything you need. I'm going to supply to you everything you need for life and for godliness so that you can be engaged in kingdom things. And maybe some of you are doing your occupations, whatever it is, and maybe that is the place and the design that God has for you, but you've not connected it to the kingdom. You're at work, you're doing your business, but you're a silent believer. You're, you're, you're a, a quiet Christian, and the Lord is calling you out of the, <laughs> out of the darkness, out of the silence, um, uh, to, to no longer be uh, bound by those things, but to come and to receive uh, the assistance, the supernatural assistance that God wants to give you to fill you with wisdom and knowledge and power and understanding so that what you do can be done in the service of God. Amen. And then we find that he comes down and he says, and I indeed, I have appointed with Bezalel a Holiab. Now, this uh, word appointed is important because it literally means to assign to a job in a specific place and time. And, man, that says to me that there's an urgency that, that for Bezalel and, and now uh, Ahaliab, again, uh, reflecting in the New Testament where God called not just one disciple, but he called several, and then he put them together in pairs of two, and he sent them out for kingdom purposes. They left their occupation as fishermen and, and, or tax collector or whatever, and they were sent out. And here, God is saying, when I call you by name, when I guarantee you I'll set my spirit upon you, it is because I'm calling you to a specific task at a specific time, so that you can engage on my behalf, represent me, and be a living, moving member, a profitable member in the body of Christ, which is missing if you're not there, so that you can do in the world what I've called you to do. My, we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And God says, uh, you're calling my kingdom to come. I'm going to call you into the kingdom to step out of your kingdom, come into my kingdom. Step out of your lack into my fullness. Called him by name, filled him with the Spirit of God, and said, I'm, I'm assigning you to a job. My friend, what in the world are you doing today? Do you have the knowledge that, that what you're doing today, whatever it is, is an assignment from God? Or is it not assignment from God? Are you engaging on God's behalf in this world and pulling your weight in the body of Christ so that God can be glorified and the body of Christ can be edified, strengthened, and built up, 
and that you become a productive member in the body of Christ uh, to, to present Christ to a lost and dying world. It doesn't matter what you do, but what you do has to be connected to the kingdom. He called Bezalel from wherever he was, whatever he was doing, whatever his capacity was, whatever his mindset was, called him by name to come here and I pour my spirit in you, then I assign a task for you. Now, time is running out today, but I want to encourage you to read a little bit more of this chapter, even through verse 11. You'll find that the task that they had had relations to uh, the tabernacle of meeting, the ark of the testimony, the mercy seat, furniture in the tabernacle, um, the lampstand, the altar, uh, where uh, prayers would be, the laver in its base, the garments of ministry, even the anointing oil and the sweet incense for the holy place. These are what they were doing. Now, if time permitted, we could look because these were items found in the temple. Now, that means these were these were items that were found in the presence of God. This was the place where the priests came in and bore the sins of the people. They came in with their priestly duties and responsibilities, and they had to have all of these items presented. There's a lot of great men and women that are in the forefront of ministry that could never be there and cannot stay there unless there's a number of men and women like you and me, smaller, in the shadows perhaps, that just step out into the place that God assigns us, and and there's some in the limelight and some not, but we're all in the eyes of God. So the call today is, what in the world are you doing? What in the world are you doing? The kingdom of God awaits you. The call of God awaits you. The feeling of God awaits you. And the assigning to a job for the kingdom of God that has your name <laughs> written on it. It's like a parking space, you know, that says, here's where Keith parks, you know. It's got my name on it. There's a place that has your name on it. And God is calling you to step out. Step out and step in. And then as you do, God will give you clarity as to what you're doing. He'll give you the assurance that what you're doing is kingdom-related. He will fill you with the Holy Spirit to be able to do whatever He has called you to do, and to do it, as the Scripture says in the New Testament, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Do it with all your heart, mind, and soul, uh, and God will receive you just like He received these guys, and all the infillment of uh, ability will be given to you, and you will have the greatest pleasure, no matter what the task, the greatest pleasure in knowing that you are being a faithful servant to God, and that whatever you do is like these guys, has to do with bringing the presence of God, giving an abiding place for His presence in your life, and people will see that and recognize that you're a kingdom person. Amen. So I'm going to leave you with the question again, what in the world are you doing? And as you contemplate that, know that God is wanting to call you by name, fill you with the Holy Spirit, assign you to a task, and that you can serve God faithfully, fully, and successfully in this life, and it'll be a blessing to you and to those around you. So, amen. Blessings until next time.